Let's do it. Are you all ready for this? Should we just start yeah. talking about hacks? I got to yeah. tell you right now, I did zero preparation for today. That's, That's a fine. hack. That's fine. I did the same amount of prep I always do. None. Um, he looked in the mirror this morning and went, that's bullshit. Bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. I got to practice my tagline. Yeah. Corey's hack. Oh, my God. All right. Let's, hold on. Let, me, let me do the lead in and then we're going to start fucking Welcome to No Clear Answers, where we explore the common challenges all humans, creators, and leaders face, and we break down preconceived notions of common self-help ideas. We are your hosts. I'm Ricky Goldenberg. I'm Corey Wilkes. And I'm Justin Mulvaney. <sighs> <laughs> Justin, what are we talking about today? Uh, oh. We picked the one that was spicy for all of us. I think this originated as a joke and then it became serious, which uh, today we're talking about hacks. Not the television show, which is good. Yeah, not the television show. We're not talking about the good kind of hack. Or maybe we are. Where does everyone stand? We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking hacks. You know them. Growth hacks. Biohacks. Computer hacks. Hacks, 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 hacks. I love a good hack. Do you want definitions or do we just want to dive in? Well, you could do, you like definitions. And it sets the tone so that that way yeah. we all know we're, we're talking. We've operationally defined the thing we're trying to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad. So we like hacks because they generate clarity or definitions because <clears throat> they generate clarity. Yeah. I pulled seven definitions for hacks. So What? <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I was on Merriam-Webster and I was like, yeah, hack. It's interesting because there's a shape of all of the potential definitions of hack. So two of them, which are very similar, to cut or sever with repeated, irregular, or unskillful blows. Like to hack at something. Yeah. Like with or, an axe. Or to cut or shape as if by hack crude away. or ruthless strokes. Ruthless. Yeah. There's also, I think this is a British thing, which is to be hacked off, which is to be annoyed. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, computer access to gain illegal access to. And then we have uh, a usually creatively improvised solution to a problem or limitation. A person who works solely <laughs> for mercenary reasons or a person who works for hire, especially with mediocre professional standards. So I wanted, it's fascinating to me that if we actually look at the etymology, we have all sorts of like unskilled mediocrity in like, like improvised solutions, creativity, things being illegal to be annoyed. There's all these shapes around this word. And I think it sets a beautiful scene for the conversation that we get to have around hacks. Yeah, it has like a, it's so funny because the language that you, because when you say like, oh, that person's a hack, like this is not a positive statement, right? It's like, or I'm going to hack away at something. It's like, 
not not a pleasant experience. But the way that we use the word hacks, like the way that we're, I think we're going to talk about it today is like, you know, productivity hack, life hack, time hack, do this as a hack, travel hacks, whatever. It's, it has that same connotation. It's like, it's quick, it's crude. It has not a lot, often not a lot of thought behind it. Unsophisticated. Totally. Yes. And it's sort of loose, but then we use that as like, a, as if it's like directional. That's the thing that I think is crazy is that when you start to describe this as a life hack, it's like a how-to often. It's like, oh, go ahead. And this hack is going to like improve your life. I'm like, is it to drink water? Is that And to hack? sleep eight hours. And to sometimes exercise. Is that the hack? And cut out refined sugar. Yeah, thanks. Reduce my caffeine intake. We're both drinking coffee. 100%. Hacks. Okay. Can I ask a question though, before we even get into this? Please. Because I need to know if you have it. I don't have this off the cuff because like a hack, I did not prep, but I want to know what is your favorite hack? Do you have a favorite hack? Wow. I know. What a question. I know, but I want to know. It's like, do we have a favorite hack? Do we have a, alternatively. A least favorite hack. In order for me to retain the knowledge to categorize as this is my favorite hack, I would have to first not believe that all hacks are bullshit. (laughs) So I am incapable of answering your question because my brain hasn't held on to any hacks for the purposes of ranking them in efficiency or validity. So I can't answer your question. <laughs> Corey. Corey. Simply incredible. No hacks for Corey. They're all bullshit. I've got, I think I have a favorite, a favorite historical hack. So this is a hack in my life. This is Tell me. kind of a less hacky hack, but I, <laughs> but it's still hacky. Um, <laughs> I, in my personal history and also with a number of friends have seen just like defaulting to Tim Ferriss's slow carb diet protocol, which is just all carbohydrates that you consume are low glycemic index. And then one day a week, you just have a cheat day where you can eat anything that you want. I personally, and with friends have seen that in a matter of like four to eight weeks, seen them peel off like a dozen pounds reliably with it so i don't really do that anymore because i like fast carbs as well um but that's been that's a favorite from my storied past i like it what about you ricky you have a favorite hack do i have a favorite hack no i think i think when i okay when i think about hacks I think about them as being pretty crude. It's sort of like this like aggressive that is like, try this. It's going to fix everything. It, it ult- ultimately basically is like, let me sell you some snake oil um, in many ways is how it feels to me. That being said, I, I do enjoy like reading or hearing what a hack is and then sort of thinking about how do I want to integrate it. And sometimes, oftentimes, I feel like my favorite quote unquote hacks are ones that are really around... Um, making a closer, closer connection from point A to point B. So for example, like a hack, you know, if you want to drink more water, 
get a bigger water bottle and carry it around with you. Like it's not really a hack. It's just literally like a tip that might help you, but we label it as a hack. So I feel like probably my favorite hacks are the ones that are actually tips and tricks that help you cut through and get closer to something that you're trying to accomplish. So for example, what's like another hack that I like? Mm, 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 mm. Oh, a hack that I love is around the idea of like habit stacking, right? There's something that I already do. So add something onto it because I'm already going to do that thing anyway, whether it's like I'm drinking my coffee, so I'm going to meditate. I am a big fan. I love to brush my teeth while balancing on one foot, like a flamingo to like work on my balance. Like that's technically a hack, but really I think it's just about developing habits. I want to distinguish here over in this world between hacks and best practices. Those are not the same thing to me. And so when I hear you talking, Ricky, I hear you saying, yeah, these are probably some best practices to achieve an end goal. For me, a hack is differentiated from a best practice. And a lot of me, I think of like biohacking or like the growth hacking that all took place in tech, which is I'm looking for something really novel, something really new that people haven't found before that creates a shortcut for me to get from A to B that almost ignores the best practices and the characteristics of the system that I'm operating in. So Justin, you had talked about Tim Ferriss and the, uh, I don't know if it was a four hour work week or if it's just on his blog or some shit, but he's talked about, um, I think it was him, a martial arts competition he entered and like won. And basically the, I don't don't remember all the details, but long story short, it was like this, this martial art where there was like a circle and you had to like, I don't know if it's punching and kicking, whatever it was, but he realized, I think it, but it was like a a niche type of kickboxing. But what he learned, cause he, he, he really studied the rules. He realized if you just push somebody out of the fucking circle, you win. So he trained for like, not very long whatsoever. All the, all the people he went up against were way better fighters in, in, in kickboxing or whatever it was. But he was like, teehee, there's a technicality here that I win if I exploit this rule. I'm not breaking the rules. I'm exploiting them because I know the rules better than you. And I'm going to tailor my entire strategy around this one technicality. Well, and do you remember the other part of the exploit, Corey? No. Which is... They did weight class, but it was like in the morning beforehand. So what Tim did was he dehydrated himself to oblivion. So he was in a weight class that was way below his natural weight. So he is with people much smaller than him. So that, and then he rehydrated before the competition. So it was trivial for him to push these small people out of the ring. Like most well, wrestlers. Well, like, yeah. Well, like the, like. But um, no one else in this competition was doing that. He well, was like, like, oh, okay, I'm going to bring in some wrestling techniques here. Well, like pole vaulting, I think. <clears throat> the way that people now fall on a pole vault where you just fling yourself over the bar, that wasn't how it was originally done. Like originally everybody was trying to like jump over it appropriately and like land on their feet. But one guy, whatever his name was, he realized he was like, I'm allowed to just flail and fall. I don't have to land on my feet. So that's when he was like, or, or maybe it was a long jump, whatever it was. It was some jumping thing. So he just like fucking salmon just flopped over the bar 
and like landed on his face, but that allowed him to get a little more height for the jump. And then that, and everybody saw that that was so effective that totally changed that sport because then everybody did it. Right. Mm. <clears throat> so there are instances like that where it, it would be easy to label it as a hack. My issue though, is most of the time, the best hacks aren't hacks. They're fundamentals that are just rebranded or veiled as a shortcut. So that's what I'm saying. Like hacks are bullshit because any, anytime you can find, you can, you can point to a hack quote unquote in air quotes that works. I will tell you that isn't a hack. It is a best practice or a fundamental thing or a technicality within existing rules that people haven't paid attention to the way they need to. Like a hack is like a, a true hack, right? Like com in computer hacking, you're trying to find a fucking backdoor to, to get the same result, whatever. But in the real world, most of the time, a quote unquote hack isn't, isn't anything but fundamentals or a best practice. Mm, I think of it as like, so, okay. If we talk about a hack when we're talking about it for pole vaulting, pushing people out of a circle, that's sort of the hack is the idea of like, I am working against the confines of the expectations and I am circumventing the plan and getting what I want done. Right. It's like, and it works in those instances. It's sort of like, I'm not quote unquote following the rules. I'm a rebel. I'm sort of doing my own thing and I'm getting good results. So like, watch me go change the rules. When you say best practices, like a, like a hack that's effective, best practices, there's, for me, there's this element around hack that it's like, for a hack to be a hack, it needs to be bite-sized and I want immediate gratification. That to me is also the idea of a hack is like, we're going to take this shortcut and something's going to change really quickly. It's kind of like crash diets right? It's like anything that's sort of, you're going to have this, think about everything that gets sold to you. It's like, do this one thing and you'll get X, Y, Z. And it's like, the one thing is really just like the beginning of the element of the thing of the best practice. But the idea is like, it's this really, really tiny, 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 tiny little thing that is going to try to get you as far as possible. That's my thought on hacks. But when it works, it's because it's a fundamental. Yes. I, like I, I've heard of this it's called the cotton ball diet. Back when I, I worked in I primary concerned. care do, doing therapy and shit, we heard about this diet called cotton ball diet. And here's how it works. You dip a fucking cotton ball into orange juice and you swallow it. The idea was it was a weight loss hack because the cotton ball makes you feel full and the orange juice gives you enough calories and energy to get through the day. Look, man, you're going to be shitting out fucking stuffed animals <laughs> if that's the best case scenario. Worst case is you get impact and have to go to the fucking ER to have fucking cotton balls removed from your asshole. Okay? Like, no, no, no. The only reason that would work is you are starving yourself and, and developing an eating disorder. Yeah, you're going to lose weight. You know what does a great weight loss hack? Get the fucking flu. It works. If you are so concerned with that end result, regardless of the process that gets you there, sure, long-term, it won't work. Long-term, it causes way more issues than it solves. Any kind of hack in that regard, Ricky, like any hack like that 
always either leads to no results or worse results in the long run. Well, I also think the thing that is important is that when we talk about in the idea that it's like a, it's, it's actually rooted in fundamentals and best practices, the complexity there is that it's the idea of like, let's get you somewhere really, really fast. It's a shortcut. It's going to like give you this immediate blah, 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 blah. The, the complexity behind it, which is sort of connected here is like, you also need to have the fundamentals and best practices in yourself. So like, for example, let's, let's talk about Corey, let's talk about your space, for example, right? There's a lot of folks in the creator economy that are like, let me show you how to do this thing from like zero to 60. I can get you there and this like, and then you sign up and like the actual content or your content actually doesn't deliver on what you're supposed to be doing, right? The fundamental of I can get you clients is great, but if you can't actually serve those clients and you aren't even qualified to serve those clients and you aren't developing something incredible, it's actually going to end up falling flat. It's going to get worse. There's going to be people that are disappointed in the experience. And so it's like, that's the thing that I think is really interesting is that the hack itself, if it's rooted in best practices and fundamentals, it should get you from A to B more swiftly than you'd anticipate. But you still need to also be working on those fundamentals and those best practices within yourself to keep up with that experience as well. Does that make sense? So like if I give you a hack to drink more water and I'm like, have this water bottle, like Yes, we have to drink more water, but we're going to also have to take care of ourselves in other ways as well. And like that water can't just be Diet Coke. Well, but also the the reason that, because I do the same thing like with me with water and I do the opposite with my phone. So if I want to drink more water, I keep it in my peripheral, right? Mm -hmm. That's just a behavioral nudge, right? And I think James Clare talks about a concept like that in Atomic Habits. That is a a psychological fundamental, right? Mm-hmm. The opposite is also true. When I'm working and I want to do deep work, I don't just put my phone on silent. I, I remove it from my peripheral because even seeing it out of the corner of my eye is a behavioral nudge to check it. That is fundamental. There's no hack there. You can label it as a hack, but it's actually just a fucking fundamental. But those right? are the best hacks. Because they're not hacks, right? That, that was my thing. Like the best hacks aren't hacks. Right. Yes. Like that, that's it. Cause like you're talking about like with creator economy shit, right? Like this is rampant on social media. Like, Hey, I'll help you grow your audience. Right. I get those DMS all the time to the point I talked about it in, in a recent newsletter issue. Cause I'm so fucking tired of it. Like, Hey bro, we'll help you hit this many followers. They wish a lot of times they actually will. The reality is they are in, in what are called engagement pods where there's like a fucking discord group or a WhatsApp or a telegram channel. And there's like 20 or hundred people there and everybody quote retweets and reshares everybody's shit to then put it out in front of their audiences, or they will buy retweets and things like this. Yes. You may get 10 K 30 K followers, but they're trash followers, bots, and other people who don't, who won't actually engage with your shit, they'll never convert for like sales or anything. They don't actually care about you. So yeah, you, you quote unquote, you hacked it. You got a bunch of followers, which is a vanity metric, but you didn't get real long-term results, which is why you see in my space, like my space, so many people with huge audiences who are broke as fuck because they built they, they optimized for vanity metrics and they used hacks to get there, which created more problems long-term than they solved. So in that respect, hacks are bullshit. So we're, we're having a, 
hack bash session. Apparently. Um, I'm in. Yeah, I want to couch this in a way where over here, I think there's a universe where hacks are useful and true hacks. And when, for me, when I say true hack, I mean, it's something that's kind of novel. It's emergent. It's a bit crude. It's unclear how it's going to get. Uh, it, it's not yet tried and true and proven, right? Not a best practice. And I think, Corey, when you say all the best hacks, all the hacks that work are rooted in fundamentals. Over here, the thought that I have is like, well, maybe. And I don't know that it's always obvious the link to fundamentals before you try a hack. Mm. And so the, the, the world for me where hacks are really useful is a, a hack is you're kind of out on the frontier and you're trying a bunch of new stuff. It's not obvious. It might be crude. You don't know what's going to work. But it's couched, like we said here, in a healthy foundation of best practices and fundamentals. And so if I think about this for me, how I might action this, or and I imagine what a lot of us do intuitively, is in investing, there's this thing called the barbell theory of investing. I heard this through Nassim Taleb. I'm sure it's from before him. But the idea is a really healthy investment portfolio and a health, one healthy investment strategy is keep 80 to 90% of your resources in tried and true, reliable investments. Treasury bonds, things that are really stable. They might not have outrageous returns, but they're going to give you returns and it's going to work. But then take the remaining 5, 10, 20% and invest it in crazy shit right? Things that could go to zero, things that could a thousand X you have, but you have no idea. But the idea is between those two things, one, you have the foundation of your house in reliable, tried and true best practices here. And you've exposed yourself to the upside of the unknown. Sure. I have no idea how these hacks are going to yield, if it's going to grow, but I have a foundation of fundamentals that I'm operating on and I'm giving myself the chance for some of these hacks to have huge payoffs for me. And that's also sort of like an an offshoot of the Pareto principle, right? Like the whole 80-20 principle, right? Mm -hmm. Again, fundamental. Like you can say, I'm going to focus on you know, the, the 20% of habits that will give me 80% of results or the 20% of books or the 20% of a book that, that is the most impactful. Cool. All a fundamental of, of, of efficiency and effectiveness because you're like, your thing is right. Like hand, like, you know, barbell, like 89% in, in stability and then leave some, some play, some, some wiggle room, right? For huge returns or nothing. And if it goes to zero, cool, the majority of your shit is still solid. Yeah. And this- That to me points, is just a fundamental of investing. Yeah. This to me points to the difference also between playing with hacks and being a hacker, <laughs> right? So I, I felt like this happened a lot in, you know, I came up in tech startups in the startup space where people would come in and they'd be hackers. They would just spend all of their time looking for really novel ways to grow. And the cost of that is at the end, you have no fundamentals, you have no foundation. Oftentimes hacks by their definition, only some of them work. And like you pointed to Corey, they have oftentimes negative second order side effects. And so if you're all hack and no foundation, 
your entire development process, whether it's as a leader, a company, you're building a newsletter, becomes chasing the next hacks and fighting off the side effects of your prior hacks. But see, that makes me think of the difference between a hacker and a hack. So like we talk about like growth, like Ron Holiday's book, Growth Hacker Marketing or whatever, right? Or you talk about computer hackers. To me, a true hacker in that respect knows the fundamentals so well that they can exploit loopholes. Yeah. But they can't, but, but versus the hack is like, well, let me just find the loophole. Right. Uh, so like, so, so like I do so Brazilian you're saying, Jitsu. Corey, just briefly, you're saying hacker as a person versus a hack as a person. Correct. So yeah, like, that's so like, so like for me, so I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right. Which is like the martial arts form of, of grappling. Um, I've been doing it for about 10 years. And when I was new to it, I was, and this is what everybody does when they're what's called a white belt, a, a brand new person. It's like, let me find the super secret things that like the, the super secret techniques that nobody, all these people who've been training for 30, 40, 50 years, they've never seen before. And people will claim that this is a secret, you know, fucking bear and bolo, kiss of the dragon, worm guard thing, which those are all real terms. No, they don't fuck, they're, they're nothing, but they're all real fucking terms. And then they, they put out a video course of like, here's how to do fucking blah, 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 whatever, right? The issue is the person teaching you that they know the fundamentals and now they're just fucking around finding exploits. But to you, the person who knows nothing and you're only learning that your, your, your game, your strategy will be dog shit because you only know that you don't know everything that goes with it. So then as I went up and, and, you know, I continued to train and I learned how bullshit chasing hacks was, I focused on the fundamentals to where now 10 years down, I can fuck around. I can find loopholes and exploits because I have such a solid foundation and understand the strategies and, and just the game of what it means to do jujitsu. Right. It's, it's, that's, that's to me, like that's, everything comes down to that by learning the fundamentals. I don't like the word mastery, but by like quote unquote mastering the fundamentals that allows you to see these blind spots, these loopholes, these back doors that nobody else sees, but the person who chases those and, and, and overlooks the fundamentals to get to that, that end goal, that person never wins long-term because when you chase hacks, even if you achieve the, the, the superficial result, <sighs> hacks come at the cost of your reputation. Right. Because then people see you as a hack. Right. Cold DMing is, is, is a big thing. Like, oh, here's how to hack DMs. Here's how to slide into somebody's DMs and like pitch them your shit. Maybe you dig it into my DMs. But as soon as I see it, I will never talk to you again because it, it was a fucking boilerplate thing. Like, this is the highest converting DM script. Here's how to do a sales call. Just read all this out and it works. It may short term, but it won't long term until you default back to the fundamentals. Yeah. And Corey, what I hear you pointing to is there's a difference between hacks, discovering hacks as being emergent to the learning process when you're out at like the 90th, 95th, 98th, 99th percentile of that thing versus being down, still being kind of like the little toddler that's just learning the thing and off chasing those hacks. Exactly. 
I think it kind of actually brings me back to like the investing part of this discussion, right? It's like 80% should be just like solid, know your shit and let's go play with the other 20% and like try things out and enjoy it and learn from it. But ultimately like you still need that baseline. Well, think about meme stocks. Think about the the whole meme stock thing, right? Motherfuckers were like, bro, this is a hack. Like just go to this Reddit thread or subreddit and just you bet on this and just blow it up, right? Motherfuckers made a lot of money for a minute. It worked. It worked until it didn't. And then you had all these quote unquote retail investors fucking with Robin Hood and meme stocks and GameStop and all this other shit. And they all lost their fucking shit. Like maybe a couple people got out early or at the right time, but the majority of people realized that, you know, when, when you're in a bull market, everybody, everybody knows how to invest. But as soon as shit starts to tank, now you can see who actually understands relatively how to invest strategically and who is just chasing trends and trying to find hacks. Yeah. It's the thing that's interesting here too, that like I'm starting to delineate between for myself, at least I don't know if this is coming up for us is like the idea of who's creating the hack, but then also who's following the hack, right? So if we think about the best hacks that are created are going to be individuals who have a firm understanding of the mechanics and are then starting to recognize some of the loopholes, some of the areas to exploit, some of the things that we can try it on. But then I think about the individual who's experiencing the hack. It, to me, there's these two things in play when I think about that. So like I'm reading all these, let's say I'm reading all these hack ideas, blah, blah, blah. It's first of all is cutting through the bullshit and finding the people whose hacks are built on individuals who understand the fundamentals, right? It's not just like I'm making up a quick get rich quick scheme. And then I also think there's the added component of self-awareness of what works for me, right? You can come to me all fucking day long and tell me to invest in memes, Bitcoin, whatever. But if that doesn't work for like my own risk level aversion, there's also the component of like what hacks work for me. So to me, it's also like there's this understanding of who's creating the hacks and do they know what the fuck they're talking about? And then as I'm experiencing these hacks, deciding which ones actually work for me, right? Like that, like it's like a self-hack. Like I need to know, like for example, I am going to be unable to Marie Kondo joy my shit in many ways because I'm a fucking squirrel. Marie Kondo, I, y'all, I squirrel so fucking hard. Ask my boo. Like, he'll be like, where'd you put this thing? And I'm like, it's over there. And he's like, why is there a fucking thing of soap with the bowls? I'm like, it was the place I wanted to put it. He was like, you squirreled this before company came over. I was like, you never saw it, did you? And he was like, no, but no one can fucking find it again. Right? So like, that, that means that I need to know. <laughs> True story. That's something that I need to know about myself. I'm going to have to figure out the right kind of hack that's going to work for me. I'm going to continue to squirrel. You cannot make me not squirrel. Right? So to me, it's like this idea of like understanding also how to apply the hack to yourself. Yeah, I think there's a good introspective tool here that's emerging for me, which is one good question based on this like portfolio allocation question is, um, which side of the spectrum do I err on? Am I more of... Am I pulling for hacks all the time and under allocating to fundamentals, right? Am I a bit more mm-hmm. on that side? Or, which I think we haven't addressed, is do I actually potentially over-index on fundamentals, right? I'm so fundamental that I'm I'm not creating ample space for 
hacking for experimentation. And one, I imagine there's a, there's an introspection here as I play with myself of what do I globally tend to navigate toward? I know me, I'm much more of a fundamentals kind of guy, much less, so much so that I almost definitely under allocate to experimenting with hacks and novel solutions. And then also using that to kind of slice down in different arenas of your life. There's probably different areas of your life, your performance, your leadership, your creativity, where you bias in different directions. And so a good exercise would be to just pause and consider, hmm, what is my allocation in the major areas of my life from between fundamentals and and hacks look like? And is that, like you said, Ricky, the right... um, allocation for my risk tolerance as a person and for this area. And then, and only then, as you start to get that mixed right is, yeah, sure. What are the, these novel hacks, these things I can experiment with that actually integrate with me, my life, the context of me as a person that actually end up working for me. Yeah. I think that's pretty important actually, because I think that otherwise, you know, have you ever had the have you ever had the experience that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm taking on this quote unquote hack or this hot tip on how to do it and you do it and the whole thing feels like out of alignment. Like you feel like you're not in integrity. It doesn't feel authentic. It feels like you're doing something that you're quote unquote supposed to be doing or it's been impressed upon you. And then we obviously place blame on this external force rather than our internal side because that feels safer and more secure. But ultimately, if you take time to think about, well, like what, how, where do I want to play with the risk level? Where do I want to, you know, kind of hack it a little bit and enjoy it? And also what's going to feel aligned with me? That's going to feel like I'm still stretching. I'm still growing. I'm still trying new things, but in a way that feels good. Yes. There's, I'm not disagreeing. Like, yes. <clears throat> There's another thing that I kind of I'm think about is like bullshit on me. I'm just like Corey. At some point, Corey's gonna call bullshit on you and me, Justin. Can't wait. Never me. Well, what? There's, there's no bullshit over here. There's never. <laughs> there's no bullshit to be called over here. But fun, like okay, so so fundamentally, what draws people to hacks, right? Because we we talked about like there's so the per I don't want to call him a hacker, but for the purpose of this conversation, the hacker, right? The person who has discovered an exploit or a more effective way of doing something, at best they are communicating a distillation of the fundamentals and their own lessons learned. Still not hacks, just fucking fundamentals in, in a, here's like an 80, 20 of the fundamentals. Still not a hack, still the fucking fundamentals. But the reason if you like one of my articles, I have the word hack in it and it makes me gag every time I read it but people really like it. And multiple people are like, you need to keep this in because it's like how to hack your brain for peak performance is the name of the article. I fucking hate the name, fucking hate the name. But when people read it, they were like, this is like how like computer hackers do things. Like you need to keep this name, this term in, in the title. I fucking hate it, but it's there. The reason people are, are drawn to that word and to hacks in general or courses that promise hacks is because a hack promises an outcome without effort. That is fundamentally why people gravitate toward hacks and hackery, yeah. right? How can I get this result without actually fucking doing anything or doing the least amount of effort possible, right? Those Human shortcuts. beings, 
Yeah, human yeah. beings, we are what psychologists call cognitive misers, right? And all that means is we're always looking for a shortcut. We, we, we are wired to find the shortest route to a thing, okay? That's why heuristics are a thing, right? Like there are heuristics and then there are algorithms, right? And al like algorithmic thinking is very like, let me run this whole fucking script. A heuristic is like, like a, an algorithm is like following a recipe, baking. You can't really fuck around with baking very much. A heuristic is eh, around about this much flour. Let me just, you know, there's no such thing as too much garlic. Just fucking do it until the ancestors tell you to quit or some shit, right? Is what I hear about people say. Like that, that is a heuristic. It's a pinch of this, a little, a dash of that. Like those aren't fucking measurements, right? We are predisposed psychologically toward heuristics. The issue with heuristics is that they work a decent bit of the time but they never work all of the time, right? We love hacks because hacks make our brain think that it's going to work all the time. Ooh, I found a secret shortcut. But does that shortcut lead to where you actually want to be, right? Because the other thing you have to think about is specifically when you're buying hacks, when you're buying a course or a thing that promises you all your fucking dream life without you putting in much effort. Think about the motherfucker who's selling that to you. Because if you buy a course on how to blow up in real estate, understand the motherfucker selling you that course isn't making money from real estate. They're making money from a course about real estate. What they're actually proving to you is there's more money in courses than whatever the fuck their specific course is about. If they are a hack. If there's somebody who's, again, you know, life coaches is, is a huge issue, right? Because there's no qualifications. Everybody has a fucking coaching course, right? I have a coaching course that I didn't want to make because so many people make coaching courses, but don't actually coach, which is why the fuck I ended up making one. Because I'm like, okay, at least one won't be a total fucking crock of shit, right? That's a huge issue in any industry. I'm a YouTuber that teaches you how to do YouTube, Here's all the secret fucking hacks. Look at my YouTube channel with 300,000 followers. Yeah, every one of your videos is how to hack YouTube. But what have you done? You've done nothing beyond sell snake oil. And it's just a fucking circle jerk. I'm a writer who teaches writers how to write. Do you write anything other than that? No. That's my issue with hacks. Yes. What well, makes me hot when we talk about hacks? Because the best hacks aren't hacks. People selling hacks are hacks. Hackers don't actually hack. Corey's got feels. <laughs> so hacks are bullshit. I'm going to reiterate <laughs> that. That's my fucking soapbox. Your turn. <laughs> Corey, I like when you get mad. I like when you get mad. Listen, here's my thoughts. This happens to me so far every time we talk about any fucking subject that at some point I'm like, what is a word? What does it mean? What are we even talking about? And I feel like that is like a huge component of it. This is just like a consistent co complexity of these conversations. It's like, it's like, what do you, how do we define hack? What does hack mean to you? Who is a hack? What is a hack? It's so hard to define it. And so when we talk about I think ultimately, if I think about this really clearly, I feel like what I've heard in this conversation is that 
if you are someone who wants to hack things, first and foremost, you got to spend a huge component of your time understanding how the thing even works, right? And do the thing and experience the thing, whatever it is, writing, coaching, teaching, writing code. I don't fucking care. We have to spend a huge chunk of time on like figuring out what the fuck this thing is. And then we can start to create our own hacks. We can also pepper in hacks from others because now we actually have the capacity and knowledge to recognize what is bullshit and what is legitimate that I can try on that will work for me or may work for others. Basically what I'm hearing is like the the shift from fluid versus crystallized intelligence, right? Fluid intelligence is like, I'm creating new things. I'm learning new things. Crystallized intelligence is like, I know stuff. Let me share it with you. And so to me, that's a big shift here, ultimately, is that it's like, we can't exist only in fluid intelligence, learning new things, and then trying to bring in, it's like, no, 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 let's learn some shit, let's get a baseline, and then now we can bring in new ideas, right? Like, if you have never run before, like, I I think about the example that you're talking about in jiu-jitsu, it's like, I haven't done it before, and I'm going to go learn all the hacks. It's like, nah, dude, fucking learn how to do the thing first before you start bringing in that new. Now, Here's what I'll say is the hack might bring you into the thing, which maybe we need to do that a little bit, right? Sometimes the hack is the entry point that then we learn about the fundamentals. And I think that that can be kind of exciting and, and enticing. But at the end of the day, here's, here's the thing that I take away is like shit takes time and effort. That's the thing that I think is the biggest thing is that oftentimes when we have hacks, there's this idea of like, I can shortcut, I can jump ahead. I can like, what is it a Mario Kart when I get like the little thing and I'm like, and it does that to me. I never played video games. Shut up. Anyway, fuck yo. Anyway, my whole, like my whole thing about this is that I think a hack can be a really useful tool if it is developed by someone who truly understands the fundamentals. And if I'm applying it to myself while also learning the fundamentals and experiencing the idea is that most shit does not come fast. If it comes fast, it's probably shit. That's my soapbox on hacks. That's how I feel about hacks. I think you nailed it. Thank you so much. Just listen to my hack about how to know hacks. Is there anything else we want folks to take away about hacks, using hacks, applying hacks? Justin, I want to re I want to repeat or like reorient what you shared earlier in this chat, which was the idea of thinking about the different areas that you're trying to expand or learn or know about yourself and recognize sort of where are you in terms of kind of risk versus fundamental and starting to play with that. I actually think that's really interesting to me is that when we're thinking about applying or considering or creating hacks, that whole space of hack, thinking about where are the areas that we want to try it and how much we've spent also on the fundamental and playing with that. There was something there that I was like, oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say that, my thought is, and also what's the best mix for a domain, right? Like I can even think of my own life right now. I've been really into strength training for the last two years. And strength training is like, especially if I'm two years in, it's like, 95% plus fundamentals, right? It's like, if you want to grow muscle, like you can hack, but like really the game is like, continue to lift heavier weights with good form, eat enough calories so your body can create surplus muscle and then rest enough so your body can complete, create surplus muscle. It's a pretty straightforward equation. 
and you just do that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That but think of all the programs. <laughs> think of like here, here's my strength training nutrition program. Here's the fucking strength training shake and energy drink totally. and, and this machine that will make you stronger. Like, no nah, man, big three lifts. Totally. That'll get you the majority of the way. I'll get you there. And we can compare that to a domain like more like entrepreneurship, right? We all have newsletters here where sure the foundation of growing that newsletter is: Am I a good writer? Am I writing well? Have I identified an audience that I want to write for? And am I writing compelling writing from there? But from the actual mix of how do I grow it from here? <clears throat> yeah, there's probably going to be some hackier things that you do as you go about to grow your audience, right? And so the, the fundamental to experimentation ratio, the ideal version of that may vary depending on the domain that you're actually playing it. With entrepreneurship, what was the company? Was it Quibbly or something? It was like I think it was Quibby. Qu Quibby, so, yeah, what whatever it was, right? <clears throat> it was this company that blew up because they did all the growth hacking, all the all the hackery, and they got a bunch of money. They got a bunch of influencers to talk about it, but fundamentally, they built something nobody fucking wanted, and that wasn't better or different really than what was already out there. So they, they over-indexed on hacks and completely neglected the fundamentals and they fucking imploded. That is what happens when you over-index on hacks and overlook the fundamentals every fucking time. Yeah. Is there an example of over-indexing on fundamentals and under-indexing on hacks? I can think Charlie of Charlie Munger hypothetically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that worked great for Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, like that's uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if they're, I, I, I think, yeah. I think the over-indexing on fundamentals, can I, can I be honest? Is like, it's just not as sexy. And that's what we as Americans, American dream, go and make money. Like we do good capitalism, but like, Nine times out of 10, I think, okay, I'm going to bring him up and this is going to be a weird one. Dave Ramsey. All right. Dave Ramsey talks about finances. I know you're like not prepared for this, but I think one of my favorite things about Dave Ramsey that he talks a lot about and spends a lot of time on is the idea of becoming a millionaire. It's not a quick game. It's fucking simple. It's literally like make money, spend less than you make save it in places that make sense. He's like, and that's actually, and he's, he usually does these like millionaire hours that are literally just people coming in and talking about like how much money they've ever made and where they ever got a gift or fund. And I think the complexity is that when you think about someone who's like over indexing on fundamentals, like Warren Buffett lives in the same fucking house, drives the same fucking car, doesn't buy new shit. We as individuals want more, want new, we want fast, we want sexy, we want simple. And so I think, yes, there's an element of like you can over-index on fundamentals that you never take a risk. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about there's a there's a desire in us to skip over fundamentals because it's kind of, quote unquote, boring. It's going to take time. It's not interesting. Yeah, Ricky, but what I'm pointing at 
is what you said, which is there is a version of this where you mm-hmm. over un- index on fundamentals from a place of fear and to keep you in a plateau, right? And to- so this Go is ahead. a bit different than talking about hacks versus no hacks. And in the same vein, I don't want the takeaway to be from this conversation in my head to be explicitly fuck hacks, never do anything hackery, and making that fuck hacks really mean fuck creativity, fuck um, risky moves, uh, fuck experimentation, right? And so, yes, we don't want to build our house with a foundation of hacks, but also, (laughs) this is the example that keeps coming in, I don't want a wedding cake with no, like, embellishments and sprinkles, you know what I mean? Like, don't give me a plain ass white wedding cake, which is just fundamentals. There is something to be gained from sometimes dabbling in. Give me a little frosting. Give me a little sprinkles. Let's make this. Yeah. Let's get get a little play here. You see what I'm saying? I I see that, and I think like when we talk about someone who's over-indexing on fundamentals, I think it's someone who's um, in, in many ways you're sort of like playing small. That's sort of what I think can happen if we're focusing only on fundamentals. So for example, like the newsletter, I'm spending all my time making sure that it's the perfect newsletter. It's really, really good. I'm doing all this research and I'm sending it to literally like my mom. And that's all that, that's the only people that are getting it. And what, and so to me, it's like, if you're only hanging on the fundamentals, sometimes where the hacky is, where the risk is, there's opportunity to share it with more people. There's opportunity to like try something that doesn't work to hear information. So to me, it's like, if you're hanging out in the fundamentals, you're just like avoiding, you're avoiding potential failure. To me, like that's the idea is like, if I'm only hanging out here, it's no risk, no reward, basically. Yeah. If you are slapping the Bible of fundamentals and saying, never experiment outside of this, you might be a little too far. You might be a little bit too anti-experimentation, anti-hack. That's what I'm pointing to. See, this is where I'm the the outlier <clears throat> because I think it also is dependent on how we are viewing and defining fundamentals, right? Oh boy. Because like, well, because like, so like, <laughs> my, like I have a different perspective in that I spent 12 years learning the fundamentals of psychology, right? Like people, outside people would look at me and be like, Oh, you have a doctorate. You know, everything about psychology. And I'm, and I would be like, I actually know very little about psychology because I know how big it is. I spent 12 years getting a doctorate, just learning the fundamentals with jujitsu. I I've been training 10 years. I just know the fundamentals. However, I also did, did and do a lot with remixing the fundamentals, applying fundamentals to new areas, to new ideas, experimenting with that application in different domains. And when I experiment, when I, I, I try things out, it is always informed by fundamentals. So I think that is a, a, diff, a, a distinction that we're, we're all kind of you know hovering around is like, I see it differently. What you, Justin, may call a hack, I call a fundamentals informed Experiment. (laughs) If that makes sense, I don't see fundamentals. I don't see fundamentals as boring, right? Like even like with the wedding cake thing, all of and I know that's just that's the analogy, right? But I but baking is fundamental. Like the the elements that go into solid baking are all fundamentals that you can remix. You can try a new ingredient. You can try a new technique. 
but it's all related, informed by fundamentals. But I think the idea there is like, if we're going to keep going with the cake, y'all, I thought this conversation was dumb, but apparently we're not fucking done with it, which is like, (laughs) I was like, I thought we were wrapping up, but now I got more opinions. But if we're going to give the cake example, right? Fundamentals, I'm literally always following the exact directions on the box. The cake is still going to be good. But if we want the cake to be really fucking good, it's because I've learned so much about cake making. Now I can kind of like experiment a little bit. I can like... What are you, why not add a little fucking almond extract? And like, I thought I was going to just do cinnamon, but maybe I'll do a little nutmeg. And like, that's actually where the play comes, right? So to me, this whole idea is, uh, I mean, I feel like we're fucking circling on the same fucking thing, which is that ultimately the idea is by learning and creating fundamentals, which takes time and effort and energy, we have this beginner mindset. We're going to continue growing and trying new things. The complexity is if you only are trying to apply a hack that's going to get you perfect results every single time, that's going to be a problem. It's the same with you might get a little bored if you're just hanging out in like level one jujitsu, right? Even as you're building the fundamentals, you're continuing to expand. So to me, it's like the idea of fundamentals is inherently there should still be growth, I guess. And the hack is not all growth. Oh my gosh. Should we talk about like the plateau of learning next time? <laughs> oh God, y'all. Like my brain have... hurts. Corey, I feel just... like we should have operationally defined fundamentals. <laughs> oh my God. Where's our Merriam-Webster? I don't, I don't think we need it. Corey, all, the only thing I'm pointing to is being so, being religiously anti-hack could be a sign that you're religiously anti-experimentation. And at that point, you are doing equally as a disservice, equally as big of a disservice to your learning curve as if you were solely praying at the altar of hack, 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 hack. Because you're, you're, at that point, you, are, you have become rigidly dogmatic. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the one thing here is agreed. We don't want to weigh over index on hacks, but notice if you're listening to this and you're all antiac you're like you're Corey's talking and you're getting worked up and you're like fucking beating and you're like yeah Corey, yeah like just check cool what's my relationship with experimentation in the unknown i still want to know everyone's favorite hacks that's listening what's your favorite hack now, also, it's like, what the fuck is a hack? Is where I landed by the end yeah, of this I think conversation. Yeah, I think we made that even harder to, to answer. It got more complex. Well, hey, guys, there are no clear answers. <laughs> you know, it's when you're reading the fucking book and they're like, they said the title of the book. Shit. We're watching the movie and like someone says the line in the movie. And you're like, it's right there. Or there's you just did that, Corey. Uh, there's like. So an album named after a song and the oh song's name is in it. That's also the crazy because it's like, why? Why does that so always make me why does that make me kind of mad? But at the same time, I'm like, don't you catch it? It is. It's that's totally the experience is absolutely like, oh, you had to do it, but they did it, you know? Well, there it is. Because <laughs> you can't be the person who missed it. That's what it is. You can't be the person who didn't notice that they did it. Yeah. Listen, y'all, we're really delivering on the name of this podcast, though, because so far, each of these, I'm like, we walk away and we're like, I don't know. But that's, I mean, that's part of the point of the show, right? Is to just like we we just talked about, like not to be rigidly dogmatic either direction, to to look, to examine, like self-examination, right? The unexamined life is, is not worth living sort of a deal, right? Really looking at your own beliefs, your own assumptions, just the lens through which you see the world. 
taking a step back to occasionally question that to make sure that the beliefs and ideas and, and frameworks that you operate from are sound are ones that you have actively chosen and and tried to break down to make sure they actually hold up to a deeper inspection because most people don't do that. Even the three of us, we come from very different backgrounds. We work with very different people. Sometimes we perfectly align on, on how we see things. Other times we don't at all, or other times we actually agree. We're just using very different language. That is the point of the show is to give people a more robust, well-rounded way of looking at the world and to call bullshit. Yeah. Sometimes just fuck some shit up. Cause there are no clear answers, but there is shit you can try. I like it. New podcast name. All right, y'all let's close it. Can we close yeah. this puppy? Yeah. Let's close this puppy down. What's your, I want your like one breath hot take, one breath hot take on hacks. One breath. Try them, but not too much. The best hacks aren't hacks. Focus on the fundamentals, but don't become rigidly dogmatic. Fuck around and find out. (laughs) And that's all, folks. See you next time.